0: This episode of the Supply Chain Brain podcast is supported by FedEx Supply Chain, a third-party logistics provider and thought leader for non-asset bias solutions. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company with senior manager Dan Call. But now, on to the podcast. With the Amazon.com colossus bestriding the land, there seems little hope for the small or medium-sized e-tailer to survive, let alone thrive. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Dinosaurs weren't the only creatures that existed in prehistoric times. Sometimes a lot of scrappy little animals managed to get by as well. And perhaps that scenario can serve as a reassuring metaphor for many of the smaller e-commerce players who are struggling to assert themselves in Amazon's shadow. Today we'll hear some strategies for survival from Dan Call, Senior Manager of E-Commerce Fulfillment with FedEx Supply Chain we'll talk about how smaller e-tailers can carve out market niches and maybe even surpass the capabilities of Amazon and similar giants. Call calls it the unboxing experience, the means by which the so-called little guy can differentiate itself from the competition. Along the way, we'll delve into the unique offerings of the so-called microbrands. So here is my conversation with Dan Call. Dan Call, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Bob. Pleasure to be here.
0: Dan, it seems like when we're talking about e-commerce fulfillment that Amazon pretty much rules the roost. So what are the challenges out there for small to medium-sized retailers when it comes to competing in the world of e-commerce fulfillment?
1: Great question. And I think the the real challenge they have is standing out in, the, in crowded markets. Obviously, there are so many different channels that small and medium businesses can sell into, could sell their products whether that be marketplaces like you had mentioned or others, retail, brick and mortar distribution and e-commerce. And it seems like, you know, there's constantly new new avenues, new marketplaces constantly coming into the marketplace. So with all that noise, how does a small, medium business with potentially limited resources really stand out in the crowd, get noticed and uh, create attention for themselves?
0: So answer your own question for let's start with asking, how can you differentiate yourself in the marketplace from this beast called Amazon?
1: So when you think about a small, medium business that's strictly an e-commerce play, one of the buzzwords you keep hearing about now is the unboxing experience. So how do you make that touch point when you can't actually go eyeball to eyeball with your customer and it's actually a physical interaction of someone coming to your door, delivering a shipment, something you ordered online? How can you make that memorable? How, do you, how can you make that stand out and, and really differentiate yourself from your competitors and other ways of buying similar like product that could be out there. That's one avenue. You see a lot of that trending on social media. So when customers are excited about that unboxing experience, you see a lot of people posting that through various social media channels. And again, that just helps create that attention, create buzz and helps leverage the power of your online community.
0: And, of course, social media is both curse and blessing, is it not? It can be great if you're providing great service, but if you're not, boy, you're dead because if the word gets out on social media, it can really hurt, especially a small to medium-sized retailer.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. And as we talk about ways to to differentiate yourself from the forward end of the process, if you don't meet those customer expectations, as you had mentioned before, the market is demanding faster delivery. There are marketplaces out there that place an order, it's guaranteed to to be at your doorstep within two days, sometimes within a couple hours. Even though you might communicate on your website, standard delivery four to five days, that's just not what the world is willing to accept anymore. So how do you meet those expectations And, and that's on the front. Front side just as important as how are you handling returns? How are you getting a fast payment credit or, be, or fast credit back to your, your customer if they are returning product or an order? And if they're not happy, their voice will be heard and heard by hundreds of millions online through social media.
0: The problem as I see it, though, seems to be that if you want to stand out, what you need to do is provide a level of service that is almost just a ticket for admission. It's almost the expected thing to have it in those two days or one day or same day. All you're really doing is you're matching the quality of service that is already out there presented by the big boys. And so, again, if you're small or medium, is there a way that you can actually exceed the standard that's provided by the bigger competition, or is it just a question of how you have to actually equal what they do, and that's good enough?
1: So that's a great question, and I think to your point, couple years ago, you could get an order delivered to someone's house, someone's business within three to four days, and and that was okay. Today, table stakes is two days. It's no longer the opportunity to stretch out that experience and stretch out that delivery. So to your point, you have to look at ways of when you're a small, medium business, and sometimes financially, you don't have the wherewithal to, to spread your inventory across the U.S. So How do you take advantage of infrastructures that allow you to get your product in a position where it's as close to the customer as possible so that you could take advantage of one- to two-day options at a cost that's affordable for you to still be profitable?
0: Indeed, you're up against the massive fulfillment network of Amazon. I know we keep getting back to them as the example. They're not the only big one out there. But at the risk of beating that horse, they have so many e-commerce fulfillment warehouses now that... Just in terms of locating, as you say, the physical product close to the market, small to medium-sized retailers simply cannot do that. So how does it make up for its inability to match the physical fulfillment network?
1: So again, I think when you look at any marketplace that's out there today, what they're really good at doing is certainly giving a lot of visibility to a lot of product and raising competition for those So one of the ways we found that customers today are standing out is you're getting to the point where now you're seeing just a lot of micro brands. So you're seeing companies differentiate themselves because they have a unique product. They're spending a lot of time, energy and resources on product development, innovation that makes them not be a comparable product that might be out there in one of many marketplaces.
0: Yeah, you just mentioned in the old days it used to be good enough for three or four days or even a week or two weeks, I can recall. And sometimes I remember even before that, the old catalog days allow four to six weeks for delivery, and we'd put up with that. Now the time window is just shrinking and shrinking to the point where it's two days, it's one day, it's same day, it's one hour. Where do you see the the predominant demand out there in terms of – Fulfillment time these days. Are customers willing to take maybe a couple of days in exchange for a lower price or or are we getting moving closer and closer to that? Give it to me now or as close to now as you can possibly make it.
1: I think it depends on what that small, medium business is selling and and what markets they're driving into. We've done some research as well, and what we're finding is customers are willing to maybe give up to add an extra day to the delivery cycle if there's some sort of incentive for them. So when given the option, how about a $5 coupon on your next order if if you receive this within three to four days? You're seeing a lot of that conversion take place. So it depends on the commodity that a consumer is going online to purchase. There are things you need in a couple of days. You run out of spaghetti sauce and you, <laughs> you need something. You don't want to go to the grocery store. But sometimes when you're buying a luxury type product or a brand product that you're really excited to get, yes, you're going to want that in a couple of days. But but there are opportunities, I think, for customers or small, medium brands to, again, get creative in driving a positive customer experience that allows them a couple extra days to get the product to the doorstep. It really has to be a win-win situation for both the end consumer and and the small-medium customer.
0: In so many cases, it's about the last mile. I mean, you can do everything perfect, but if you blow that part, then you've blown everything. What are the trends that you see right now in last mile in terms of the ways in which product is getting to the customer in that manner? What are some of the modes? What are some of the techniques? And, and how does that apply to the challenge of small to medium-sized retailers fulfilling that last mile requirement?
1: I think that last mile is so crucial. And again, a lot of that is driven by that customer experience that consumers are demanding right now. So obviously, you're seeing a lot of companies, a lot of startups trying to solve for that. You see a lot of traditional companies that have solutions that do that too, that do that same day delivery one to two hours. Obviously, companies like Uber that are getting into this delivery mode as well too. So I think it still has a lot of roadway ahead of it. There's a lot of work to be done, but there's obviously a lot of very smart individuals putting a lot of time and resources in, into getting that right.
0: What about some of the options to door delivery that we're seeing? On one hand, order online, pick up in store, but even more importantly, the use of offsite lockers to pick up merchandise. How does that relate to small and medium-sized e-commerce retailers, and, and how popular are those options as you see it?
1: So great question. And I think those options are going to become, again, more robust here in the near future. And I think it's more than fulfillment too, it's, all, it's also the, the reverse side. So how can a customer have an option, again, to get product faster if that organization doesn't have to do that delivery to the doorstep, that last mile, and drive the customer to, like you said, a locker or the whole omni-channel experience, where you get a customer to go into a brick-and-mortar And again, there is an opportunity to sell more and and to get someone within the four walls of a retail store, which is what everyone would like to see happen. I think what you're going to see is that evolve and some players get into that space with a lot of strategic partnerships. And I think it's going to be twofold. I think it's not only going to be for that outbound fulfillment delivery, but it will also incorporate how do we handle returns quickly, efficiently, and get credit back to customers instantly.
0: Okay, let's talk about returns then. What are the unique challenges that a small to medium-sized retailer faces in what has always been in any type of catalog or online experience, uh, or even an in-store experience, it's always been a big headache for retailers. How can the so-called little guy handle the unique challenge of returns?
1: It comes to the right partnership. To our earlier conversation, you used to be able to fulfill an order within a couple of days and have it delivered in four to five days. Now customers want that return, want that credit for that purchase. They want to receive that before you even get the return within your distribution center. They they want to have that return executed while that product is in transit. So the opportunity there obviously isn't for a small-medium player to, to build out that type of infrastructure and, and or to create that technology. It's how do they mirror up and how do they partner with organizations that, that could help them achieve that? Because... Just as important as that fulfillment piece and customer expectation is, so goes returns and getting that credit back really fast. And what the research shows is high level of card abandonment is due to a clunky or or, uh, inadequate return policy. But when you have a clean, concise, easy to understand return policy, obviously you have more opportunity to resell and more opportunity to, to drive revenue to your organization.
0: Talk about the geographical challenges of serving customers everywhere. It's one thing in order to uh, fulfill an order into a dense urban area where I imagine it's easier because you have more options. But when you get out of, of cities, you get into more remote areas. Those customers are just as demanding as the urban customers are. So what are some of the challenges for the smaller retailer reaching those areas?
1: What the goal is for these organizations is how do I have the least amount of inventory And how do I put that inventory in the least amount of facilities to, again, drive to achieve that customer experience that's required and and to surpass it, right, to overachieve what's expected from the market? So obviously, there are small, medium-sized businesses that are regional players, and they, they have regional customer bases. But when you think of those that, if you take a heat map of the United States, how do you service? as you said, the the wide population of the US from coast to coast. And again, with the limited financial resources, how do you put that inventory in as few warehouses as possible to achieve that customer experience? And and that's gonna be the real key and that because again, the financial wherewithal is, is typically a challenge. It's not like These small, medium businesses have the ability to have their inventory within 10 or 12 facilities. It has to be very strategically located across the U.S. And we're only talking about the U.S. here, but I mean, it's obviously we have to point out that 96 percent of the world's consumers live outside of the U.S. So how do you position your inventory for cross-border and how do you take advantage of the market that's also outside of the U.S. as well?
0: Technology. How do you see that fitting into the picture? How soon will we see some of these uh, science fiction-y type things like self-driving cars and drones helping in the fulfillment experience? And how how might that also benefit the small to medium-sized company?
1: I think a lot of it is happening today, and there, there's a lot of it happening behind the scenes. You'll see the, the sci-fi YouTube videos, and you'll see the announcements, and, and that's exciting for all of us. We we live in one of the most unique industries out there, and, and innovation is going to drive all of us to, to a much greater place year over year. What maybe you don't see, and not everyone sees, is there's a lot of research and development going on. There's a lot of testing, sci-fi, even standardized robotics, whatever it might be. And, and what that does is obviously that drives efficiencies. And, and when a small, medium business could rely on, on the right partners that are making those investments to explore everything that's possible, that obviously will get the ability to get products and orders to customers faster. That innovation will allow for reduced steps within the supply chain arena, which will drive costs down as well, too. So it again will be a win-win for all.
0: Dan, I think when most people hear the name FedEx, they have a pretty strong idea of what that means. But I have a feeling they probably don't know too much about FedEx supply chain. Tell me about that. What is FedEx supply chain?
1: When you think of FedEx supply chain as a whole, you think of an end-to-end partner that could handle fulfillment, distribution, reverse logistics, any aspect of that supply chain spectrum for a company that's as small as someone who's launching on Kickstarter and taking pre-sales to the largest internet retailers, and the largest brick-and-mortar retailers in the U.S., and coming up with solutions that help drive efficiencies, reduce costs, and, again, drive an amazing customer experience for their customers.
0: Well, clarify for me how these units work. You have something called FedEx Supply Chain, and you just talked about FedEx Fulfillment. Is one, Are those two separate things? Is one inside of another? Or, or how do they relate to one another?
1: Sure. Well, FedEx Supply Chain recently announced service of FedEx Fulfillment. So, FedEx Fulfillment sits within the FedEx supply chain organization, and that is a service offering that's focused on delivering the enterprise-level services that traditionally FedEx supply chain offered to small and medium customers. So, again, taking decades of experience in reverse logistics, forward logistics, and taking that expertise and taking that technology and bringing it down to a small, medium-sized business, making it affordable for them, and again, giving them the ability to grow within a single provider.
0: In terms of the services you offer, let's get beyond just the package on a truck. Tell me what else, what are specific types of services come under the umbrella of FedEx Fulfillment?
1: There's a lot of value add services. I mean, as we've as we've been talking about here, how do customers stand out? How how do we help our customers grow and scale throughout the domestic economy and and also globally as well? Our goal, our mission is to represent our customers and their brands. We want to make sure that their brands stick out. So everything that would leave a FedEx fulfillment warehouse is branded with our customer's logo. We offer the ability to do, obviously, custom kitting, gift wrapping, put those special touches that mean so much to the end customers. So, again, it's a great unboxing experience and really allows our customers to stand out in what could be crowded markets. And additionally, giving them the leverage of, of hitting that 96% of the world's consumers that live outside of the U.S., having an end-to-end solution that includes an offering by FedEx called FedEx Cross-Border. So we, we enable commerce in another 220 countries outside the U.S. with an easy integrated solution that, again, gives our customers one of the largest addressable markets in the world.
0: And you would argue that outsourcing is the key for the small to medium-sized company to be able to compete with the big guys, right?
1: I think so. Most companies, most small, medium-sized businesses, most entrepreneurs go into business because they have a passion for what they do. They have a passion for that product they've developed or that new technology, that new innovative product that they've developed They don't usually go into business because they like to ship stuff. (laughs) They don't go into business because they want to figure out where should my inventory be located across the United States? How do I pick and pack? What's the most efficient way to do that? So by outsourcing with the right partner, it gives our customers and it gives small and medium-sized businesses the, the ability to focus on what makes them great and to focus on... And again, their their product delivery to their customers and their product development and research so that they can continue to grow and stand out in their markets.
0: Dan Call, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with us to talk about the challenge of small and medium-sized e-commerce retailers competing in today's environment, and to talk about FedEx supply chain and FedEx fulfillment as well. It's been an unboxing experience. Thank you very much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Bob. My pleasure.
0: That was my conversation with Dan Call of FedEx Supply Chain, talking about how smaller e-commerce providers can compete with giants like Amazon. Our thanks to FedEx Supply Chain for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine.